I would like for you to turn in your Bibles with me to the first epistle to Timothy. First Timothy chapter 1 verses 9 through 10. Now if you are not able to do that because you do not have a Bible, we will be happy to give you a Bible. If you have a Bible and you do not wish to turn to it, then you've got to trust me. And that's bad. Put not your confidence in men. I believe it was the psalmist who said, put not your confidence in horses. Put your confidence in what the Bible says. And the only way you can know what the Bible says is read it. Now, some of, the, some of it will jump off the page at you when you do. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. <clears throat> Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless, and disobedient for the ungodly and for sinners for unholy and profane for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers for manslayers for whoremongers for them that defile themselves with mankind for men stealers for liars for perjured persons and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine couple that if you would please with a joint text in Galatians chapter number 3 verse number 10 Galatians chapter 3 Verse number 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Cursed is everybody that doesn't continue keeping the law. I want to speak this morning on the subject, the curse of lawlessness. The curse of lawlessness. The little Greek word nomos, N-O-M-O-S, is the Greek word for our English translation, the law. You talk about the law, you're talking about the nomos. Paul instructs Timothy in that reference that we just read, that the law, nomos, is not for the righteous man. It's not for the man who lives for God. The law is not for the man who believes that Things, some things are right and some things are wrong. 
1 John 5.17 states, All unrighteousness is sin. And 1 John 3.4 states, Sin is a transgression of the nomos. Sin is a breaking of the law. Anomos. Precede nomos with the capital letter A. Anomos. It is the Greek word for lawless. No law. In some of the words of the Bible, whenever the Greeks put a A, an alpha, in front of the word, it takes away from the ordinary perception of the word. Nomos means law. Animos means no law. The Old Testament talks about the fool has said in his heart, there is what? No God. That's why he is called an atheist. A theist is a man who studies about God. An atheist says there is no God. Animos is the Greek word for lawless. No law. Paul further instructs Timothy that the law was made for the lawless. Not for the righteous. The law was made for the lawless. And then he tells us who the lawless are. Have you ever seen such a sewer of personnel here? The disobedient. The ungodly. The sinners. The unholy. The profane. The murderers. The sodomites. Those who believe in involuntary slavery. And perjury. And any other persons who go against the word of God are guilty of animus. No law. Lawlessness. Our text in Galatians 3.10 states, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law, the nomos, to do them. This gives us our title, The Curse of Lawlessness. The Curse of Lawlessness. There's one other reference I want you to turn to in 1 Corinthians 9.21. 1 Corinthians 9.21. Four times this word animos is used. Lawlessness. To them that are without law. Now, law is nomos. Animos is without the law. To them that are without law, as without law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. So we're talking about lawless people. Lawlessness and the curse of lawlessness. 
our word to describe the times we're living in, I believe, is lawlessness. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you confront it. If you sit down and watch television for any length of time, you're going to be greatly exposed to it. If you want to get the local channel to get what the current news is, it's lawlessness. Lawlessness. Now, let's look at number one, the origin of lawlessness. Where did lawlessness come from? How did it start? What caused it? May I say unto you that there was a time in the history of this world where there was no lawlessness. But all of a sudden you start reading further in your Bible and page after page after page gives you examples of lawlessness. Lawlessness. The origin of lawlessness. Let's make a Sunday school class out of it. Number one, Lucifer introduced lawlessness in heaven. Lucifer was an anointed cherub of God. He was one of the great angels that God set apart to do his work in heaven. And Lucifer introduced lawlessness in heaven. In the book of Ezekiel 28.15, you can jot the reference down, it says this, talking to Lucifer. God is talking to Lucifer in heaven before you and I ever came along. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day thou wast created until iniquity was found in thee. Now, what was the iniquity that God found in Lucifer? You have to go to Isaiah chapter number 14, verses 12 through 14, to get the answer to that. Isaiah chapter 12, verses 12, pardon me, 14, verses 12 through 14. It describes that transaction. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Whatever Lucifer did, God kicked him out of heaven. O Lucifer called son of the morning. How are you cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? And then he tells us why God kicked Lucifer out of heaven. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. In other words, he attempted to take over God's position in glory and in creation. That's lawlessness. Lawlessness. Second of all, Satan introduced lawlessness through the serpent. 
to Adam and Eve in the garden. In the book of Genesis, first book of the Bible, chapter number 3, verses 1 through 5. The scripture says this. Now the serpent, and by the way, he's no longer called Lucifer. He's called the devil. He's called Satan, the hinderer. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, did God say you cannot eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said... You shall not eat of it. Now, don't eat of it. Now, the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. He's saying in so many words, Eve, one of the great lessons that I'm about to teach you, and you can use it throughout your life, is that God cannot be trusted. He is a liar. That's lawlessness. Lawlessness. In John chapter 8, verse number 44, the reason I'm using this is because it so sets forth who the originator of lawlessness was. That is the devil. Christ said to the Pharisees, listen, you of your father, the devil... And the lust of your father you will do. That's lawlessness. He was a murderer. Watch this. Satan was a murderer from the beginning. Have you ever wondered who he killed? Well, I'll tell you. He killed Adam and Eve. What do you mean he killed Adam and Eve? In the day you eat thereof, you're going to die. God plainly made that true. And the statement was fulfilled. When Adam and Eve ate the fruit, they did die. Who was responsible for that? Lucifer, who came down from heaven to spread his lies. I will be like the Most High God. He abode not in the truth, because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. He is a liar and the father of it. Didn't take Eve long until she found that to be absolutely true. So the origin of lawlessness. Lucifer introduced lawlessness in heaven. Satan introduced lawlessness lawlessness through the serpent to Adam and Eve in the garden. And Adam infected the whole world with lawlessness. The scripture says in Romans chapter 5, verse number 12, Wherefore, as by one man, and that one man is Adam, sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sin. Adam's responsible for that. It's where lawlessness came from. Our great God was so good to Adam, giving him this beautiful place to live, giving him a beautiful woman to be his wife, having everything at his disposal, 
except one thing, and God said, that's mine, leave it alone. And that's the one thing that Adam and Eve set out to do, to take what belongs to God and use it for themselves. That's lawlessness. Call it by any of the other names you want to, but it's lawlessness. No wonder Paul speaks in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned. What is sin? Sin is a transgression of the nomos. Sin is a transgression of the law. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now that's the origin of lawlessness. Number two, the occupation of lawlessness. The occupation of lawlessness. Mr. Webster defines occupation as this. Occupation is that which chiefly engages one's time and his trade and his profession and his business. Thus, you see, when we meet a new acquaintance, we often ask, Hey, what's your occupation? What do you do for a living? I'm convinced that many in our nation today are engaged in an occupation of ungodliness and lawlessness. There was a time, whether you believe it or not, when it was dangerous to go out at night alone. But time has changed that. Today, it is dangerous to go out, period, at day or night. Because of lawlessness. When I was a child, I did not read the Bible too much. Now, I did when my mama made me. And I did when my Sunday school teacher would embarrass me. But apart from that, I loved comic books. I don't know what they're called today, but they were called comic books. Supposed to make you laugh, and they were used for entertainment. My favorite comic book was Crime Does Not Pay. Boy, I really did like that one. Today, crime does pay, ladies and gentlemen, and it pays quite sufficiently. Some of the richest people in our world today are up to here in lawlessness. Lawlessness. The crime rate for the United States is at an all-time high, according to the announcements made on the news this last week. We've never been quite this bad in the crime rate. It's knocking the ceiling out. That's lawlessness. Chicago has been rated the murder capital of America. How'd you like to live in Chicago? Major cities are being raped by thugs and criminals. Seattle, Portland, Detroit, 
Minnesota, New York, California. When's the last time you were in Austin, Texas? Mm. Dallas, Texas. Houston, Texas. Unlawful riots and protests are claiming the lives of thousands every day we live. Our government, our schools, our homes, and our society has become the playground of sexual perverts. Unlawfulness. Unlawfulness. You know, the initial reference I had you turn to in First Timothy, I was reading John Gill. Ted liked to read John Gill. Mr. Gill said that Paul enumerating what lawlessness the people it represents, he said if you'll follow it carefully, the first four he mentions are those sins committed against God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. But the last six that are mentioned are crimes that are committed against people. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet lawlessness. Lawlessness. What are some causes of lawlessness? I only have two hours, so you understand I'll have to rush. Number one, total inherent depravity causes lawlessness. And every one of us were born with a totally depraved nature. It is easier to lie than it is to tell the truth. And it is easier to do that which is wrong than to do that which is right. That's why we teach our children to do the right things because they do the other just as naturally as they possibly can. Unharnessed sexual appetites. Your phone is much larger than mine. Believe you me. I do not have to sit around all day figuring out what all the numbers and all the symbols are for and all the messages are about. But yesterday, I was in the middle of studying and my phone rang and I opened it up and the message was inscribed. I cannot tell you the wording that was used was a sexual come on. That's lawlessness. And I thought, when I read the text of it, if I can read that and I get that, how about my people? How about the churches? How about our young people? How about our schools today? Lawlessness. 
total inherent depravity. Drive-by shootings. By the way, it's a pretty good idea, and I've got to learn this. Really, I've got to learn it. Have you ever been behind somebody in a 40-mile zone, speed-wise, and they're driving five miles an hour? And you've got places to go and things to do, and so you just hit your horn. That's not very wise anymore, because somebody's going to pull out a hog leg and blow your brains out. That's lawlessness. Open, hardcore lawlessness. Some of these perverts have the idea of simply walking down the street, the first woman they see... Incidentally, she doesn't have to be a cool, slim chick. She can be old for the grave. And they'll walk up and slap her in the face and knock her down on the sidewalk and turn around and grin at the camera. That's lawlessness. Ungodly lawlessness. It's causes of lawlessness. Our inherent depravity. Murdering not just old people, but murdering little boys and little girls as though they were nothing. Another cause of lawlessness is secular humanism. And one of the tenets of secular humanism, and by the way, much of the teaching in our schools today is secular humanism. And one of the tenets is there are no rights and there are no wrongs. It is all how you perceive a thing to be. That's exactly what the devil told Eve. If you really believe that God's lying to you, it's all right to do it. And she did it. And talked her husband into it also. Lawlessness. No absolutes. Yes, there are absolutes. When God calls a thing sin, it's sin. And you cannot change that. Causes of lawlessness. Defunding. And disrespecting police authority. My dear friends, that does not go against civil authority per se. It goes against the Word of God. God's Word teaches the importance of having authority over our lives and the servants who are given to do that. And we should listen to what they have to say. Murdering of police officers Every day, more and more police officers are being murdered. And the one that really gets closest to me is when a criminal will spit in the face of a police officer, just daring him to do it. That's lawlessness. Does this this do anything to you? kind of makes me want to sign up and go to war. You know what I mean? Law enforcement has become a joke. (laughs) It is. If arrested, criminals are back on the street same day. 
It's all right. You take away the restraint, and I'm going to tell you what, your kids will drive you absolutely nuts in the home. It's here somewhere. Tom Montgomery's current letter. Missionary in Mexico. You say, well, that's Mexico. Well, the same thing goes on here. Violence nationwide is off the charts with the 30 months of the present government resulting in almost 90,000 homicides. This is double the number compared to the previous administration. It was expected to be less because of COVID-19 lockdowns. Just last week in, there were over 230 murders relating to these ongoing conflicts. The current president's plan is to offer hugs instead of bullets to the cartels has, as was expected, simply resulting in a bloodbath. The border situation is so bad, we might easily see three to four million people flood into the United States before the end of this year. This has also resulted in more violence as warring cartels have daily shootouts over who will control the human trafficking routes. Last Saturday, the cartels went on a three-hour shooting spree in Reynosa. You ever been to Reynosa before? It's a border town of McAllen, Texas. Randomly shooting people all over the city. And you don't have to go to Mexico to see that. That's going on right here in America, in the United States. It's called lawlessness. Number three, and I only have three points. And this is the third point. The overcoming of lawlessness. Can it be overcome? Is there something we can do? Which leads me to approach it on a twofold basis. First of all, on human intervention. There's something that humans can do to curb lawlessness. What are they? Number one, strict law enforcement. If I had ever called my daddy old man, I wouldn't be here today. If I had ever referred to my wife, especially my wife, most especially to my wife as old lady, I wouldn't be here today. No enforcement. Police officers, I don't know if they still wear billy clubs or not, but all the officers when I was growing up had a billy club. And they knew how to, they knew how to pop people on the head, get their attention. Nothing wrong with that. I'm talking, my dear friends, about enforcing the law. What's right. And I know my time is short, so I'll quickly mention one other area of human intervention. Stop voting 
Are you listening? Stop voting for lawless presidents and lawless governors and lawless mayors. They're so full of ungodliness and lawlessness, they can't even breathe right. That's where most of the trouble's coming from today. No enforcement. Divine intervention. And that's the last part. There's something God's going to do about this. Take a moment to turn to the last book in the Bible. Chapter number 19. The last book in the Bible. Chapter number 19. The Bible talks about the second coming of Christ. Brother Roger led a song this morning that had the return of Jesus Christ in it. And I love that. It's one of the great doctrines in the Bible. Verse 11, I saw heaven opened, and behold a white horse, and he that sat on him was called faithful and true. In righteousness he doth judge and make war. What's he going to make war over? Ungodliness and lawlessness. His eyes were as a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew, but he himself He was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed with fine linen, white and clean. And please listen to the 15th verse. Out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, not paper mache. And he treadeth a winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. Our Lord Jesus is coming one day. I believe it with all of my heart. Not just that he's coming, but he's coming back to this earth and he's going to establish a reign of righteousness in Jerusalem And from that point, he will rule this world and put down all lawlessness. It's called the millennial reign of Christ on this earth. He'll take care of it. Second thing, Satan will be confined. He's kind of a hard booger to confine, ladies and gentlemen. Satan is full of wiles. That word wiles means he's a magician. He's a trickster. You never know what trick he's going to use on you next. Satan will be confined in Revelation chapter 20. I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain. I called it a billy club a minute ago. Well, a great chain do just about as much damage as a billy club, I imagine with a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold of the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. He shut the devil up. Isn't that great? Cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up. 
and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. But after that, he's going to be loosed for a little season. He'll rule with a rod of iron. Satan will be confined. But more than that, Satan will be destroyed. In that same 20th of Revelation, verse number 10, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and false prophet are, and they'll be tormented day and night forever. The overcoming of law Lessness. The concluding thought is found in our text, real close to our text, in Galatians chapter number 3, verse number 10, where it said, The cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things that are written in the book of the law to do them. Go down to verse number 13. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us for it is written cursed is every man that hangeth on a tree we sang the song the old rugged cross Christ Jesus hung on a cursed cross as cut off from God for our trespasses and for our sins and for our lawlessness he paid the debt that we owed to God by hanging on the cross and suffering our penalty as our sin bearer. Now, that's a fact. And that's what the Gospels are all about. It's that Christ died for my sins according to the Scripture. Number one, am I willing to repent of my sins? Now, that's easier to say than it is to do. Because when you start to repent of your sins, I tell you what, you activate the devil pretty quick. He'll work you over. He'll give you addictions that you've never heard of before. But it means I'm willing to repent of my sins. Second of all, I believe that the Lord God sent the Lord Jesus Christ to die for my sins. And I'm trusting him for my sins and taking my sins away from me, and forgiving me of all of my lawlessness, and then start living for the Lord. Take a stand for that which is right. Take a stand for what the Bible teaches to be so it's truth. Take a stand for that. You say, well, I have a lot of friends. Not long. You'd be surprised how many will junk you When you start talking about some things are wrong, we don't do that anymore. Why don't you do it? Because I've trusted the Lord as my Savior. You get rid of a whole lot of lawlessness that way. You really do. My dear friends, the curse of the hour is lawlessness. And I am a firm believer that there's going to be a great tribulation period to break out in this world. It's going to last for seven years. I believe we're borderline on it right now because we all are seeing things that we never dreamed we would see and we're beginning to get soft toward it and we don't say anything about it. No, you stand up and be counted for the Lord. There is a curse.
for lawlessness. But there's a blessing in coming to Christ who took care of the penalty of a broken law. Let's stand, please, for prayer. Dear Father in heaven,